Yoga Focus podcast. If you'd like to leave me a comment or a question, you can go over to my YouTube channel at Laura G Yoga and leave a comment under the video format of the podcast. Or you can go onto my Instagram, which is also at Laura G Yoga, and leave me a question or send me a direct message on there. everyone welcome to the yoga focus podcast today we're going to be doing a yoga whiteboard that is all about sleep and how to get better sleep which I think is a really important topic right now making sure that we sleep well because sleep is so tied to our immune function and our overall health but specifically we're going to be talking about how yoga therapy or a lot of this stuff is actually taken from what I do as an occupational therapist. When I'm evaluating somebody, I will almost always ask how well they're sleeping, if they have trouble falling asleep or if they have trouble staying asleep for a full night. That's really important information for me because the way that you sleep at night is going to strongly impact the way that you function during the day, right? If you're tired, your brain isn't going to function the same way. You're not going to have the energy to do things. So sleep is what I call a cornerstone in our whole picture of wellness. And another exciting thing is that today we have our first official sponsor for the podcast, which is really exciting. I don't take those kind of things very lightly because I'm pretty particular about the businesses that I support and promote. But today we are sponsored by White Lotus Home, which is a great company that makes organic bedding and all natural materials related to sleep, mattress toppers, bedding, pillows, duvet covers, all with organic natural materials and it's all handmade in the U.S. So that is something that I find to be really important that when you're sleeping, you need to have natural materials around you because those are the things that are touching your skin. In the last episode when we were talking about the layers of our being and that really close physical environment, the things that are literally touching us being something that we need to think about on a daily basis and make sure that the things that are touching us, especially for eight hours every night, are natural and healthy. So go ahead over to check out White Lotus Home and at the end of the episode, I'm going to have a coupon code for you if you'd like to get yourself some organic bedding or maybe a new pillow. So back over to the whiteboard. There's a lot that I was trying to fit on here. There's a lot of things that if somebody comes to me and says, yeah, I am having trouble sleeping, I'm either having difficulty falling asleep or I'm not staying asleep through the night, or maybe they are sleeping, maybe they're sleeping too much and they're waking up the next day not feeling refreshed. That's an important thing because not all sleep is created equal. We might be in that state of sleep, but you're not going deep enough where you wake up and feel refreshed the next day. So. All of those are things that you want to think about and I'll actually jump down to the bottom here and going a little bit out of order but one of the first things that I like to suggest to somebody who is having some sleep challenges is to keep a sleep journal write down things like what time you're going to bed how you felt before you went to bed 
How many hours did you sleep? Did you wake up at any point during the night? Were there any thoughts that were keeping you awake during the night? Um, any kind of information that might relate to the quality and the quantity of sleep that you were getting so that we can look back and see if there's some sort of a pattern. Now as we go through the rest of the board, you'll get some other ideas of exactly what you want to think about or keep track of when you're talking about your sleep patterns. But first, I'm just going to start over here. The qualities that we're trying to create for you to sleep well is dark, quiet, cool, and comfortable. The dark part is important. We're going to talk a lot about light exposure and what light exposure does to our brain and our nervous system. We are basically on this 24-hour cycle as humans because we live on the earth and the earth is on a 24-hour cycle of light and dark. And the way that we set our clock is based on the sun going up and the sun going down. So we are very sensitive to light input and light changes. When it is dark, that signals to us that we're supposed to be sleeping. So for some people, that might mean having blackout curtains to really keep your bedroom dark or putting an eye mask on so no light is coming in and bothering you. The quiet part might involve something like wearing earplugs, especially if somebody else is on a different sleep schedule than you and they might wake you up. I'm a really light sleeper, so the quiet part is important for me. If there's any noises or anything, I'll wake up pretty easily. So especially when I'm camping, I figured out that I have to wear earplugs or every little twig snapping in the middle of the night, I'll be awake. So the quiet part is important. Now, it doesn't have to be completely quiet. Some people do really well with white noise. You can have like ocean sound or rain sound. I love the sound of rain when I'm trying to sleep. The idea is it's something kind of monotonous that just blends into the background and there aren't any loud noises or changes in sound that would startle you. It needs to be something pretty consistent, but that just helps to drown out background noise, especially if you live in a city or something, the white noise can be really super helpful. Okay, the next one down there is staying cool. Um, and that might seem kind of strange at first because we like to pile blankets on, or at least I like to pile blankets on when you're sleeping. But you want to make sure the overall temperature of the room is a little bit on the cool side because what happens with our body is we're slightly warmer during the day and we get slightly cooler at night. And that, that cooling effect is important to get deep restorative sleep. So make sure that you're not getting hot and like sweating and throwing off the blankets. That's something that can impact how good quality your sleep is. Making sure that the room is cool enough that you are comfortable. Okay, and that brings us to comfortable. So having a good mattress, having a good pillow, really nice, soft, fuzzy blankets. You should just love your bed. I mean, it should be like this wonderful, blissful experience getting into your bed where you're just floating on a cloud. And that brings us over to here where I wrote, I like the bedroom and especially your bed to be your sleep sanctuary. That room is all about calm, relaxing, settling, 
comfortable. And part of creating a really good sleep sanctuary is not having a TV in your bedroom, not having a phone in your bedroom, nothing that's going to wake you up or pull you out of that relaxed state. It's painting your room with colors that are very relaxing, maybe not a bright red wall in the room where you're sleeping. Think like very mellow spa colors, light blues, light greens, things that are calming. Not putting work and things that might make you feel more stressed in your bedroom. Have a separate office that is not in the same room where you sleep to do your work. You don't want to really mesh those two things together. Don't sit on your bed and do work because your brain is really good at forming habits and patterns and we don't want your brain to associate the bed with work. We want the bed to be just for sleep or just for sex. Those are the only two activities that are supposed to happen on that surface that you sleep. So let's go over and talk about habits and routines related to sleep. I mentioned that as humans we are on this general 24-hour cycle because that follows the 24-hour cycle of the earth that we live in. So we are really supposed to be very in tune with that light dark pattern because we were <laughs> created to live on this planet. There's a lot that goes into that in terms of chemical changes and hormonal changes for us to be awake during the day and asleep at night. Some of the ways that you can really make that work to your advantage is the time that you go to bed, you wanna have a really pretty standard routine on weekdays and weekends, the best time to try to go to sleep is between 9 and 10.30. And that's because of the hormonal changes that are happening in your body. I know I've experienced this where if I stay up past that period of time, you kind of get this second wind. There's a shift in hormones. And when I was in school and I had to study for really long hours, I used that to my advantage because I had to stay up. But once I was out of school, if I let myself watch a show too long and stay up past that point and then try to go to sleep at like 11 or 11.30 and all of a sudden you're kind of more awake than you wanted to be and it's hard to fall asleep. That's a really common thing that the vata dosha will experience. You get like a little lull of tiredness and if you don't use that to your advantage and go to sleep, the brain will start to wake back up and maybe go into a worry or a rumination pattern and then it's really hard to fall asleep. So that bedtime between 9 and 10.30 is important. You can see what time works the best for you and then really try to stick with that. Now, I love to sleep and I especially love to sleep late. I love when I don't have to wake up with an alarm clock, but that can be tricky. The important thing if you're trying to maintain a regular sleep pattern is do not let that time of going to sleep or waking up deviate for more than an hour. Like try to keep it to 30 to 40 minutes. So if it's Saturday and you don't have to work that day and you're letting yourself get a little extra sleep, don't sleep too long. 30 minutes extra, 45 minutes extra and try to wake yourself up at that point. 
Let's go down to the wind down routine. And this is where I see the field of sleep hygiene and yoga really start to mesh together beautifully. Because we need to do things before bed to create a routine that communicates with our nervous system, the work of the, the day is done, all of my thinking and problem solving is done, now is the time to rest and to restore myself so that I can do things tomorrow. Sometimes our brain gets confused with those things. It's bedtime and your brain is like, I'm gonna solve all of my problems right now, go. And then it starts to kind of spin out and try to solve every little thing or maybe even worry about things that you didn't think were a problem before. Part of that is that our nervous system is kind of in the wrong gear at that point. We have geared it up for alertness and maybe even like hypervigilance, that sensitivity to things that might be problems, where we need to downshift to a place of relaxation. And yoga is such a great, great tool for doing that. So over here in that center column, I wrote a few things that I like to work into that wind down routine. So say the hour before you're going to bed, trying to incorporate some sort of really gentle yoga, slow movement, stretching, especially if there's anywhere, like maybe your back tends to be tight. Maybe that is something that will wake you up in the middle of the night. Stretch that before you go to bed. Think about restorative yoga. That's gonna be a whole other video that I do. Restorative yoga, if you've never done that, you stay in the pose for three, five, maybe even 10 minutes, but it's like this blissful form of yoga where you have blankets and pillows and props and you are working on just releasing tension and fully settling into that support. It's the most wonderful experience. I love restorative yoga. Meditation. Now the thing with meditation that I tell people is that you don't wanna wait until it's three in the morning and your mind is racing and you're like, okay, Laura said meditation would help this. Let me try to meditate right now. Don't wait until you get to that point to try to learn how to meditate or to work on your meditation skills. You really need to work on those skills of concentrating and directing your thoughts before you get into that situation where you really need that skill. It's that process of practicing and building that technique and learning which techniques really work the best for you too because then you're going to know when you get into that situation where you need something to help you to calm down and to help you to concentrate, you'll know which skill to use. So yoga, meditation. The next one on that list is body rolling. And I'll do a, a whole other video on this one, but I like the yoga tune-up method with Jill Miller, or her book is the role model method, where you take a ball about the size of a tennis ball and you roll out some of the muscles in your back, your neck, your hips, your shoulders, whatever you feel like is tight, you roll out those areas and through that process of rolling the muscles, your body starts to really calm down. Think about the effect if you've ever had a massage this is a self-massage technique. So 
a lot of times when people get a massage they fall asleep on the table and I always say like if you fall asleep on the massage table you really needed extra sleep but a lot of times if you aren't sleeping well at night that's telling me that your nervous system is having trouble going into that relaxation response so then when you get onto the massage table and you're finally relaxed and you like go right to sleep your body's like oh thank god I'm finally relaxed I can get effective sleep but you're on a massage table so then <laughs> your therapist wakes you up at some point but that is a really good technique that self massage or body rolling very good techniques to put you into that relaxation response to down regulate the nervous system now in my book yoga therapy at the wall there's two different chapters one is about upregulation and increasing your energy the other one is about down regulation and decreasing your energy I think it's chapter 12 cooling down at the wall it has a whole list of techniques and sensory input that you can use that are generally calming to the nervous system but that's the list that I have over here how can we create input for the nervous system that communicates that message that everything is good you are safe you can calm and restore yourself think about the things that you're seeing so sight I'm going to jump back up here to the idea of light exposure if you can get natural sunlight on your face first thing in the morning as soon after you wake up as possible that really helps to set that internal clock of oh, okay right now it's awake time right now I'm supposed to be doing things I need to be alert and energized that is so helpful at setting that internal clock but I also like to go outside at lunchtime and get some sun exposure at lunch anytime really during the day when the Sun is out that you can sit next to a window if you're inside sit by a window where you get natural light or go outside any opportunity that you get to expose yourself to natural light that really really helps your body to understand what the awake and what the sleep times of the day are supposed to be where we run into a problem with modern technology is that we get all of these kind of confusing light inputs we have artificial lighting in our houses so it could be two in the morning but you might have every light in your house on and your brain thinks it's like daylight um, or if you're looking at your phone or your computer right before you try to go to sleep your brain is getting really confused it's seeing that light and interpreting it as awake time and then you get into bed and you try to fall asleep you might fall asleep but a lot of times the sleep that you're getting at that point is not going to be as restorative what we want to do is use our sensory input really specifically to communicate to our nervous system that everything is okay we are safe and that is going to help us to move into that rest and digest part of the nervous system we can do that through these different types of sensory input think about everything that you're seeing light exposure being a really really important part of that the things that you can smell a lot of times toward the end of the day I will light a candle that has some sort of a very relaxing soothing smell I also have an essential oil 
sprayer that I use around my bed right before I go to sleep. So my body gets conditioned to know that that smell means that it is time to go to sleep. Taste. Depending on how you feel about drinking something a little bit closer to bed, you can use different types of tea, chamomile tea. I really like to do hot water with lemon, um, some kind of an herbal tea. They even have uh, sleepy time teas that have different herbs in them that will help you with that process of going to sleep. But having that taste is part of your sleep ritual and your wind down practice so that it's another way of just telling your body like, okay, we're going towards sleep. Start to create those internal physiological changes that are going to help you to get deep restorative sleep. Sound is a really big one. So think about the difference between your body listening to an action movie where there's like really loud sounds and things are high and low and very jarring versus putting on the sound of the ocean with maybe some birds in the background. Those two sounds are going to have a very different effect on your nervous system. I love using sound as a self-regulation technique. I have different playlists on my computer. I use Spotify. I have different playlists on there for when I want to be more awake, when I want to work out, when I want to do a slow flow yoga routine or if I want to do a really really relaxing restorative yoga practice I have different playlists to use for each one because that sound input is very effective at regulating your energy level and regulating your nervous system. Touch. I like to wear really soft fuzzy pajamas. I love everything fuzzy. Blankets, this vest. <laughs> I love things that are really soft and fuzzy because it makes me feel comfortable and secure. So think about the way that your sheets feel and your pillowcases and your blankets. All of those things are going to add to that nervous system experience of you being able to sleep well. And then the last one on here is the vestibular system. The input that we get about movement and body position can also be used as a calming effect. Think about the difference between being in a rocking chair and really slowly rocking forward and back, or maybe holding a baby and rocking them to sleep. A lot of babies will fall asleep in the car because they get that little bit of gentle vestibular input that is calming to the nervous system. Now on the other end of that, if something jumped out in front of you and you slammed on the brake, that baby is going to be awake. So that sudden jarring vestibular input is going to be alerting. Like if you jump up and down, that's something that's alerting to the nervous system. But slow, gentle rocking, very calming. And then on the side there is your breath. Through yoga, we learn a lot of different techniques about regulating our breathing and how our breath is one of the strongest techniques that we have, one of the strongest things that's tied to our nervous system function. So if you can take control of your breath and slow down your exhale specifically, that's a great practice to help you to fall asleep. One of the techniques that I'll give my patients if they either have trouble falling asleep or they wake up in the middle of the night 
is instead of counting sheep like the old the old-fashioned way of counting sheep I tell them to count their breathing and specifically counting how many seconds your inhale lasts and how many seconds your exhale lasts and you want them to either be matched or eventually slowing your exhale down so that it's a few seconds longer than your inhale and your brain will get distracted and you just pull it back nope right now I'm counting my breath inhale two three four exhale two three four five and you keep that pattern going until you either relax yourself to the point where you're getting some sort of benefit just from being relaxed so you're not winding yourself up or hopefully you fall back asleep one of those two will happen but that breathing is very effective and again it's, the breathing and the meditation are things that you want to practice when you feel good when you're happy so that you can apply it in those situations when you really need it and then your skill set's going to be stronger okay we're getting there let's talk about this side of the board so we did sunlight right exposure in the morning the thing that I didn't talk about though is bringing down the amount of light in your household as you get closer to bed I really like dimmer switches on lights I don't have dimmer switches in my house so what I did was I put a string of lights around my I'll call it the living room area around where the couch is in the tiny house so at night I will turn on just one light up here in the loft which gives you kind of a nice soft ambient light and I'll plug in that string of lights it's enough light that I can walk around and I can make my tea and I can get things ready for work but it's not so much light that it keeps me awake or prevents me from being able to go to bed so when you start to get like two hours before you're going to bed turn the lights down turn off some of the lights around your house dim the lights and that gives your body a very strong signal that you're getting ready to go to bed so let's talk about naps I find that some people are really great at napping. They can take a 15, 20 minute nap, wake up and be like good for the afternoon. I am not one of those people, I can't nap. Napping is not good for me. If I nap, I get like groggy and cranky. So the thing with a nap that I always tell people is if you are taking a nap and you wake up and you feel good afterwards and then you're able to go to bed at a normal time, you're good. That was a good use of a nap. If you take a nap in the afternoon and you're up until two in the morning, that wasn't a good use of a nap. You overslept and you need to reset your sleep cycle, which means getting yourself up at a normal time. Don't sleep late that next day. Get back onto your routine and then see if you can go to sleep at a normal time. This area right here, naps and exercise, I like to kind of talk about together because a lot of times we will get that afternoon fatigue it's a normal low part as humans in the afternoon after you've eaten lunch there's a normal kind of resting period but a lot of times the resting period the the feeling of fatigue in the afternoon can sometimes come from lack of stimulation lack of movement not enough exercise so what I'll tell my patients is you need to really figure out if you're 
in need of a nap or if you're actually in need of exercise. Your body might be telling you that it feels really lethargic and tired because it hasn't had enough stimulation and enough movement, not necessarily that you need a nap or you need a coffee. So the idea is that when you feel that fatigue coming on, you have some movements that you do to wake yourself up. You get up, go for a walk. Outside is even better, natural sunlight. Um, I like to do some kundalini yoga movements where it's like these big sweeping movements with my arms up and down or I might jump up and down a few times. If I have to be sitting, I will grab a big exercise ball and I will sit on the exercise ball and kind of bounce up and down because that's an alerting vestibular input. If I have to do paperwork and I have to be at my computer, I'll sit on the ball and give myself that little bit of input. So exercise a lot of times is another thing that I will talk about with people who have trouble falling asleep or don't sleep through the night. I'll ask them, what is your activity level during the day? Do you get 30 to 45 minutes of cardiovascular exercise a day? Are you breaking a sweat every day? Because if you're not, a lot of times you're just not burning off your normal energy so that you need to sleep you have all of that pent up energy and then you try to go to bed and your your body's like, no, no, I still have energy, I don't wanna sleep. So a lot of times it's that you have to be more active and you have to make specific time to work off that energy during the day so that you will sleep better. So exercise is a huge component in making sure you sleep enough. Okay, let's talk about substances. Caffeine is something only for the morning you really need to cut out caffeine after lunch because having that afternoon coffee when you hit that dip, even though the half-life of coffee is like four to, or caffeine I should say, is four to six hours, it will start to decrease its effectiveness, but there's still some in your system. So if you are somebody who has trouble falling asleep, that might be an issue. Try to stay away from caffeine in the afternoon use exercise instead even just jumping up and down for like two minutes you'd be surprised it's better than a cup of coffee alcohol a lot of people feel like a glass of wine in the evening helps them to wind down i have a whole explanation in my book about the difference between techniques that we use to actively relax to like train the nervous system to downregulate, and passive techniques that force our nervous system to downregulate. Wine and alcohol fall into that passive category. I'll let you go over to the book to learn a little bit more about those two, or maybe I'll do a board talking about that one day. But the basic idea with alcohol is that it's a nervous system depressant. So yes, it will make you feel more relaxed and help with the process of falling asleep. But revisit that idea that not all sleep is created equal. So even though you're asleep, you're not going into a deep, REM sleep, which is what actually makes you feel good when you wake up the next morning. So you might be sleeping a full eight hours, but you'll wake up the next day and not feel good and be like, well, why? I had that glass of wine and I slept great. Why don't I feel good? Because you weren't actually getting the restorative component of sleep that you really needed. So then down here, there's supplements. And this is the last thing that I want to talk about. I really advocate for creating lifestyle changes and figuring out the root of the problem. Don't try to mask it. 
try to figure out what can I change in my lifestyle and my habits that will actually make me get better sleep because that's going to be a lot more effective than jumping right into medication. Uh, I'm not even going to talk about medication, but supplements specifically. So some of the ones that you'll hear about are like valerian. You can get a valerian tea, um, CBD oil. I'm a fan of CBD oil. It's been really helpful for me for some other things that we can talk about at another point. But um, And then melatonin is the other one that you hear about a lot. Some people don't love melatonin because it makes them still feel groggy the next day. And the take-home point that I really want you to focus on is if you have to rely on a supplement or a medication on a very regular basis, something needs to change in your lifestyle or your habits. Now, if you're a shift worker, that's a very unique situation. I have lived with a shift worker for six years and I know the struggle. I know the struggle for him but I know the struggle for me too as somebody living with a shift worker, it threw off my sleep schedule. So in terms of being a shift worker, these things become even more important. You still need to keep that routine and everything, things just sort of flip in the opposite direction. And in those situations, the supplements and melatonin and things like that can be really helpful tools to get you through your work schedule or to maybe reset you when you switch work schedules, which is very hard for the body. But just understand, if you have a normal routine, a normal daily schedule, supplements are a once in a while thing or a last resort thing, if everything else didn't work. Okay, so the very end there, we already talked about the sleep journal. What if I wake up in the middle of the night and I can't fall back asleep? So this is a really interesting situation because Something that I know I've noticed and other people have similar experiences is if you wake up in the middle of the night and your brain starts going and thinking and worrying, right? You don't wake up in the middle of the night like, yeah, things are great. This is awesome. Not usually anyway. Most of the time when you wake up in the middle of the night, it's the worry and the fear center of your brain that is lit up. And it is thinking about every little detail that could go wrong and everything that you need to be scared of. And there's a whole physiology that goes along with that, that when we're sleeping, it's more of the, the primitive reptilian brain, the part of the brain that's supposed to keep us alive. And I notice this when I go camping. During the day, I'll hear a sound and I'm like, oh, there must be a squirrel over there. Everything's fine. If I'm in my tent to sleep at night and I hear a little twig snap, I'm like, oh my god, it's a bear. I'm going to die. That's the difference between the brain <laughs> during the day and during the night. So how do we manage that? The first part of it is just knowing. When your brain starts doing that, you're like, ah, oh, my brain's doing that thing where it likes to be really worried at night. You go, okay, how can I counteract that? So we want to shift to the front of the brain, the logical reasoning part of the brain. And the most effective way to do that when you're in that cycle is to go into a pattern of gratitude. So I want you to start to think and list out the things that are really, really good, the things that are going well, the things that you are so fortunate and lucky to have. The more basic you think, the more effective this strategy is. So think, I have a roof over my head, or in my case, sometimes a tent over my head. 
Um, I have hot running water. I have a car. I have this person that I live with. I have this wonderful dog. I have clothes to wear and there's food in my fridge that I'm going to be able to wake up tomorrow and eat. So think really, really basic things that you can just create this flood of gratitude and that's going to shift the way that your brain is working. It's a really cool process. It works great during the day too when you notice worry patterns, but especially at night. So then you're going to follow that by going back into your breath counting exercise. Inhale, two, three, four. Exhale, two, three, four, five. Slower and softer until you get back to sleep. Now, if neither of those things work and you've been in bed for maybe 15 or 20 minutes and you haven't been able to fall back asleep, at that point, you're going to get up you're going to keep all the lights off, the minimum amount of light possible so you don't slam your toe into something. And you're going to do something really, really boring. You could read a book. It has to be a paper book, nothing backlit. You could listen to, I don't know, MMR on the radio, something very boring and droning to you. Then when you start to feel sleepy, you're going to go back into bed, you're going to go back into counting your breath, and try that whole cycle again. If you start to worry, do your gratitude practice, and then go back to your breathing. So that gives you some really good strategies to keep track of, and then you're going to put all those things into your sleep journal so that you start to understand what your patterns are, what helps, what doesn't help. Now, if all of those things are still not resulting in you getting better quality sleep, that's the point where I will say, I think you should get a sleep study done. If we already know that you snore, I'll probably refer you out for a sleep study anyway. You might need a CPAP, something like that, so you're breathing well at night, because that's super important too. You need oxygen when you're sleeping and your body is trying to restore itself. So. All those sorts of things might kind of clue you in that you need to go get a sleep study or you need to go see a specialist. But overall, these sleep hygiene techniques are pretty effective and they have a very good correlation between making you feel better during the day and more energetic during the day. So thank you so much for listening to this rather long explanation, but a very important topic of yoga therapy and getting better sleep. And I definitely recommend that you go over and check out White Lotus Home. They have such great quality bedding products, all natural organic materials, and they're made in the US. So White Lotus Home, and you can use the coupon code LAURAGZZZ, and you will get a discount. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for spending time with me. I'll see you next time. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of the podcast. I just wanted to talk to you guys about the book that I released in June of 2019, which is called Yoga Therapy at the Wall. I've worked on this book for the past three years to create all of the pictures and all of the information in here. It's 162 pages and it's a full color manual. The chapters are broken down by body parts that we focus on 
using the wall to help us learn about different movement patterns and how to change some of the yoga postures to have a specific therapeutic focus. And you can really start to understand when you look at the book why I feel like the wall is the most underutilized prop that we have in yoga. We kind of forget about these things that we have all around us and that we almost always have access to a wall to utilize in the practice. So this manual will give you a ton of ideas to expand and start to utilize the wall as a prop. If you're interested in ordering, you can get the printed version on lulu.com. Um, you can either take the link in the show notes or you can go on Lulu and look up yoga therapy at the wall. There's also a digital download option, but for that you have to go on Etsy. And my Etsy store is Healthy Focus by Laura G. Or you can just search yoga therapy at the wall. Thanks. Hope you enjoy it.